and welcome to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and we're going to be discussing some of the hottest, controversial, and in many cases considered taboo topics. We cover every issue you've ever considered, and several you haven't even thought of, from the unique perspective of a conservative atheist. Enjoy! And welcome back to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and I'm being joined today by my two co-hosts, Andrea and Bendis. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, hello. Hello, nice hello. So today we're going to talk about illegal immigration and the border wall. Um, Title 42 was in place, and it was in place because of COVID. And what that did is, is it was it was also called the Remain in Mexico policy. And what that meant was is that if anybody that came and came to the border and um, requested asylum, would have to wait inside Mexico uh, for their case to be adjudicated. In the past, they would they were just releasing people into the country and giving them a court date, and most of them just never showed up. They were out, you know, they went into the country. They didn't try to keep track of them, and they went, you know, wherever the hell they felt like going, <laughs> anywhere in the country. And then, uh, like I said, they didn't show up back for court because why would you i mean you're once you're on you're in um this was the remain in mexico policy so your while your case was being adjudicated while your case was being heard you remained in mexico before they gave you entry because they might decide not to give you entry and then they don't have to hunt you down and make you leave because you're you're not in in the first place and that should you know that was that was put in place for covid but that should have remained and now that that's been pulled off, um, there's just a, a flood, just a tsunami of illegal immigrants coming from Latin America, so South America, Central America, uh, and uh, Mexico um, across the border, legally and illegally. And uh, it's because they let Title 42 left. They, the, the judge extended it for a while, uh, but the Biden administration fought to have it, um, you know, let it, let it expire. And so that's what happened. And now have to deal with and if any of you have seen the videos of of uh, you know the different border towns along mexico the mexican border i mean they're literally overran with illegals living on the streets oh, yeah yeah you have to see yeah. it to believe it if anybody wants to see yeah, it no. just go on youtube and do a search and it's yeah, it's, yeah, I, it's I, shocking I did. I did like crazy it's yeah. shot it's, it's it's absolutely shocking so what say you, either one of you, Andrea or, or Mendez? Andrea, you better go first because Mendez is going to take a while. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> He's a <talker>. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> He's got a lot to say. All right, right. So do I. And it's interesting because I, I'm, I'm Canadian. So I've, I've come to this country in a legal manner and, and I've done it the right way. And a lot of people, especially like Americans, like you talk to them about the process and a lot of people don't understand or really have an idea because I mean, in Canada, when I lived in Canada, like I didn't know really how people immigrated or like how the process worked. It's kind of the same thing for here is like not very many people are aware of the steps that you have to take, you know, and and the and the time that it takes and and just like the the entire process as a whole. I mean, 
I've been on, we, we started on uh, an E2 visa and then we moved to a, what are we on now? The E2. Oh, and now we're on a scientific, it's called a TN visa. So it's a little different than the first one. And uh, the first one takes, you know, approximately kind of like three, four months to kind of go through USCIS and you have to uh, then go to a consulate and you have to do like, you know, not like an interview, but they ask you, you know, what are you doing here? What is your job? Because when you come to America, the last thing that they want or they will allow is you to take another job from an American citizen, right? So they want to make sure that the people that are coming in aren't that like, you know, taking jobs from other people, and that kind of thing. And so it's a very interesting, long process. I mean, they know everything about us at this point. They know like, you know, where we live, they have our fingerprints, they have pictures, like they, they know everything. And so when I hear about the border and I hear about, you know, all these people that are flooding in who are getting, you know, cell phones and what else, citizenship and asylum and all of this stuff, right? It really kind of like, you know, makes it really, not, I'm not, it's crazy. It is. It's crazy. And I'm not, I, Yes. Okay. I'm bitter about it because it, like, there's nothing wrong with going to a new country and, and immigrating and contributing to society and being a part of that, that society. But like, you got to do it the right way. You know, these people that are just coming over the border and, and being given all of this stuff. Well, there's people like me who literally have had to work so hard to be here and, and put so much money to be here. Right. Right. It's like not fair. <laughs> no, it's, it's jumping the line. It's cheating. Yeah. And it just it just makes the system ridiculous. Right. And and they're giving these people green cards. So I'll talk about the green card process because we're in it right now. So basically, um, I think overall, it depends on which lawyers you, you end up going with. But like it can be anywhere from like 11,000 to 30,000 to even more. Like if you if you want to go buy your green card, you can take your you can take half a million dollars and go to USCIS and say, I would like to purchase my green card and they'll say, okay, here you go, basically. But I don't have half a million dollars. So right. doing it the right way, you have to apply for the green card. And then there's like things that are included, like the labor market search. So basically they put out and that, that uh, application alone takes eight months. So depending on kind of how many green cards the United States is processing or how many they have, you know, not, not backlogs, but like how many they're doing that year, it can take about anywhere from like 18 months to like two, three years to kind of get just your permanent residency. And so they, they do a labor market search, which basically means they put out an ad into like local newspapers or, uh, you know, basically looking for other people that have your qualifications that are looking for a job. Because remember the, the point is that they don't want anyone taking jobs away from American citizens. And that's fair, right? Like you, you were born here, you have a right to be here. And so, yeah, we're not going to, I'm not going to be like, you know, I'm going to take your job. Right? <laughs> so, right. So that takes about, you know, eight months and then you have um, some other paperwork and then you either get approved or denied. And um, at the end of the day, it's, I think like close to like $13,000 for us. And so you know, people that are coming over the border are just getting green cards. And it's like, here you go. They're handing them out like, you know, Domino's pizza at the border, right? Like, here's your green card. <laughs> right. But it's like, nobody has to, like, obviously the taxpayers, it's going to fall on the taxpayers. You know, they're eventually, that's who's going to pay for it, right? Like, who do you think really pays for all of these people coming in? 
Oh, yeah. In countless ways. I mean, the people come in, they take jobs. Um, if they don't, they're on with they're on uh, public assistance. Uh, they they do things like, um, you know, the schools get overwhelmed and, it, and then you have to have interpreters. I mean, it, it causes a lot of these people, they, 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 they don't have the money for a doctor. So what they do is they go through the if you go in the certain cities and towns and even where I live, if you go in the middle of the night to the emergency room, it, it looks like you're in Mexico. You walk in and, and because they don't have a doctor. So every single single thing that they need, they simply go to the emergency room. And of course, they're not going to pay the bill. They're just going to walk out and that's going to be the end of it. And then that goes right back into the system and the taxpayers end up having to pay for it. Right. Which yeah, is yeah. ridiculous. And it overwhelms the medical system. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's it's it really drives me crazy. Um, and, I, you know, a lot of these people that claim to be um, asylum seekers, when they go down and they when reporters, <laughs> it's always Fox News because nobody else will do it. They go down and, re- and interview some of the, the um, supposed uh, asylum seekers, and they're actually coming. They're economic migrants. They want to come here right. for jobs. There's yes. not, what is that? What, not, when you say not, asylum, asylum seeker? What yeah, asylum, asylum seeker is somebody to, to qualify for ah, asylum. asylum seeker. Yeah. yeah, you have to be, your life has to be under threat from your government. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah and okay. these people are not coming because their life is under threat from the government. They're coming because they want good jobs. And well, and that's the thing yeah. is like places like Make Florida, the, the, like, you know, at the end of the day, like cheap labor is cheap labor. And they know that these people will come in and work for much lower than, you know, what other people will work for. Right. So, right. so, you know, that has something to do with it too. But, but yeah, I mean, it's funny because like during COVID, I was like, maybe we could claim asylum, you know, coming from Canada because it was just so crazy there. But then I was looking online and it was like, no, Canada and the U.S. have a deal that basically like you can't really claim asylum coming from Canada because right. it's not really like, you know, third world country. I don't like the, I don't like their claim. They don't like their, their policies and their laws, but no, they're not a third world country. No. <laughs> Canada. <laughs> Well, so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for for the people who who, who know me on the show, uh, I'm from Brazil, so I come from a different perspective. Uh, but of course, the fact that I'm from Brazil doesn't change the fact that you know I cannot understand the other side of of the the situation because I think that, and I probably said that on the show many times, that the countries they have the right to allow whoever they want in, and if they don't want certain people or if there's too many people getting in uh there has to be some sort of control yeah and and we all know that the united states is one of those countries i'm not the only one uh denmark and you sweden has a big problem with immigrants as well immigrants from other cultures immigrants who are not always willing to become uh really citizens of the new country uh, sometimes even learn the language you know Right. Uh, learn the language. You know, I met a, I met this guy from Venezuela, but he's not he's not a poor immigrant. You know, he's an exception to the rule. He's a, a real estate owner, so he's rich, and he expanded his business to the United States. So he lives in Florida now, and he I mean he's not in the bad list of immigrants because you know he, he brings jobs and everything good to 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 the United States, but at the same time he he's like I don't I don't need to learn English so fuck. Fuck it. <laughs> like the guy's like 20 years, 15 years or something in the United States. He didn't learn English. I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Do you guys remember 
uh, a boxer by the name of Roberto Duran. No, no, no. He was no. A, he was he was a famous middleweight middleweight boxer back in the eighties. So he lived here for I think thirty years and made millions of dollars as a boxer mm-hmm. and never learned how to speak English. Yeah, like come on. I mean, I, I mean, I I understand that it's not just you know we have this problem here too. I mean, not the problem of too many immigrants in Brazil, but the, but some immigrants they. Uh, they end up not learning how to speak Portuguese so much, but but it's not the same. Like like if you're here as an immigrant, at least the basics you'll be able to to deal to deal with. You know, I have I have friends from from who are originally from uh, you know Germany, United States, uh, some some Latin American countries. I mean, Latin American countries it's easier because from Spanish to Portuguese is, is just one step. You know, it's not, it's not so hard. Yeah, very similar but, language. Yeah, but if you come from the English language, German language is is a little harder. But you know, at least the basics. I mean, I know this guy from from Rio who lives in Copacabana. He's like here for like six, uh, five or six years. I, I mean, his Portuguese is still on the basic level because Brazilians they love to speak English when they have a chance to, so they make it easier for him. But at least he knows how to deal with the basics, you know. And and I I know that in in, in many places in the United States, you basically have to speak Spanish. There are even Brazilians who go to the United States, especially when they go to Florida, when they go to Miami. And they get staggered with the fact that there are many places that they go to. It's like, well, I, I thought I was going to speak English here, right. but everyone speaks Spanish. What the hell? <laughs> there are certain parts of Los Angeles that are like that. Whole neighborhoods where you can not hear English throughout yeah, the yeah, neighborhood yeah. at the stores yeah. and everything else. Yeah, well, it is complicated. Oh, go on. Sorry, Andrea. Yeah, so it's interesting because, you know, you hear about, like, Biden and – or not Biden, but, yeah, Biden too, but, like, how they're busing all these immigrants to, like, all these cities and places, and I I don't know how many of these people speak English. Maybe none of them do, and so what they'll do is they'll create pockets of, of little, you know, cities or communities, and they won't – they'll just speak their language in those communities, and then you'll have, like, you know, other neighborhoods, and, like, that's the problem is, like, now you've got, like, you know, a mini – mini community of like you know migrants that don't speak any english in the middle of like new york or something right like yeah 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 there are even brazilian communities i have to admit that there are many uh, i think newark there's there's some places in the united states that there's a very high concentration of brazilians i think it's newark i i I mean i mean i think yeah newark uh i don't know how to pronounce this yeah yeah you pronounce it close enough like that yeah yeah so uh uh it's it's complicated, really, you know. Uh, uh, but of course, that you know, I believe you have much bigger problem with Mexicans because Mexico is right there in the border, right? Yep. While other countries, you have to travel all the way through the continent to get there. Uh, I understand. I mean, I understand both sides. If you're poor or if you're in a tougher situation and you want to make more money, to because it's 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 you know when when you come from another country and that's not just uh, Latin American countries, even now, like if, even Eastern European countries. I saw. I was talking to uh, I was talking to Sam one day, and we were talking about minimum wages. And I discovered that there are many countries in Eastern Europe where the minimum wages is worse than in my country. And I was like, "Oh my God!" In dollars, you know, when you compare yeah. in dollars, and it's like, "Really? They're worse than us because our minimum wage sucks." But you know, there are places that you know, and you see the salaries even in countries like Russia, and I don't know about Poland because Poland is going better now. But, you know, Ukraine, Russia, Czech Republic, you see all these countries, even Portugal, for example, people sometimes they love to live in Portugal. And, 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 and the problem of, you know, I don't say the problem, you know, when you, when you have a country and you have a certain level of prosperity 
and and United States at least in the last. I know that you're passing through tough problems now, but throughout recent history, you pick up the last 40 years, 50 years. I don't know. You've been through many great periods of prosperity. And other, one of the problems that you have once you have the prosperity is that you have all your neighbors going to get into your your. Uh, <laughs> right. You're like, your, oh uh, shit, that, that was good over yeah. there. I gotta yeah, get, we yeah, gotta get yeah. there. I mean, I mean, here in Brazil, we felt a little bit of that between uh, 2005 because there was an economic boom in Brazil for a while. And you have this period where we were receiving tons of immigrants. And I was like, I think it was the, one of the first time that I, that I see this happening in my lifetime. I mean, it happened before, but, you know, we cannot. I, I, one of the things that I disagree, there are many leftists who say, no, no, no. But, you know, this is a country. I mean, they talk a lot about that in, uh, when they talk about the United States. They love to say that. No, but this is a country of immigrants. You know, my grandparents are from Germany. They came here and they work. Why? Why do we have to close the borders for other people? I mean, the Americans didn't close the borders for my ancestor whatsoever. But they don't. They what they forget is that uh, when the, his grandfather came in 1910, uh, United States was expanding. You know. Well, so also, also, immigrants. also, that's not not that's not necessarily true. When you went through Ellis Island, you had there was no. There's some people, there's a lot of people that weren't let in. No, no, sure. But, but you know, it was an expansion moment. There wasn't saturation. You know, right. the, the country needed people. And it still happens to this day. Sometimes you have countries that need people. And when they need, they just open the borders, you know. But there are more. Well, well, you know? and, and it drives me crazy when they say that we're a country of immigrants. We're not a country of immigrants. No, you are. I, I'm I mean, not an immigrant. I, wasn't, I didn't come from anywhere else. My father didn't come from anywhere else. My, my grandfather didn't come from anywhere else. So I don't know why I don't know why they I don't know why they say someone that. in your lineage. Someone well, in your yeah, lineage? but but that doesn't make me an immigrant. No, no, yeah. I mean, we're we come from immigrants, but of course you're not an immigrant. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, but you know, we we here in Brazil, we experienced that for like ten years or so. Even people from 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 countries like yours uh, were coming here. Of course, they're getting uh, higher level jobs because they came with a better education. Right. And these jobs were available. You know. Uh, so foreigners from Spain, and, and this was like after the crisis of 2008. So some of these countries, they were like balancing a little bit. So they would bring Portugal would bring immigrants to Brazil. But it was a very short period. So we, we didn't have time to truly understand how it is to live in a country where you have like uh, a certain level of prosperity and a certain level of, uh, you know, the, 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 the consequences of those prosperity. And all of a sudden... You have a flooding of people coming in. In the beginning, they're going to get the jobs that the, the people in the country don't want, but then it's going to be too much, you know, and, and there has to be some sort of control, you know. And, and, and I, so I, I don't know how it is to live in a country that receives, I think it's 8,000 immigrants per day. Is that correct? Um, sometimes it's more. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. So I started, I started to think, you know what? Oh, you're breaking up a little bit, Mendez. Hello, Andrew. Are you there? I'm here. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I think we lost him. He's he'll be. Oh right. dear. Mendez, we can't hear you. If you can hear us, you're gonna have to leave and come back. And yeah, uh, technology. Okay. <laughs> so, um, well, what is the like? Okay, since since Title Forty Two and all this crap, like, how what do they estimate how many people are coming over the border a day? Was it like? 
it's it's difficult yeah it's thousands it's tens of thousands but it's difficult to know because you know you can only guess yeah well they don't want you to know how many people are really coming over the border because right democrats need votes at this point and that's how they get them they bring these people in they say here's your green card here's your citizenship which by the way takes uh on average, what, three to four, what is it, three to four years? So basically, after you have your green card for five years, then you can apply for citizenship, and that takes like two years. So, I mean, you're looking at anywhere from seven to ten years to get your citizenship legally. Right. And people are coming over the border, and they're saying, here's your here's your green card, here's your citizenship, here's your free cell phone and social security number and all this stuff, right? And it's like, well, what about me? Like, I do it the right way, and it takes ten years, but like – you know, and so it comes down to votes, right? They know that they don't have the Democrats don't have these votes. They don't have anybody's vote anymore. And so they got to bring all these people in because they know, you know, it's kind of like a way like, hey, you know, we'll give you this. But you got to here's your voter card. You got to vote for us. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That That's their that's their entire reason. They figure that most minorities, especially when they first get into the country, even if they change their mind later on. Most minorities vote Democrat because the Democrats, they vote, they offer, you know, unrealistic things. You know, we'll, we'll give you free food. We'll give you free housing. We'll give you a job. We'll give you, um, you know, free medical, free everything. Yeah. And of course, that's going to seem extreme. And they constantly beat the drum that Republicans hate all minorities, which is just not true. So it's just, hey, welcome back. Oh, did he? Mendez? I'm back. I'm back. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so so that's what they do. They, they beat the drum that the, we're going to give you all this free stuff. And, by the way, Republicans hate you. And so, you know, people that are new to the country, we're going to, they're going to vote Democrat. Not yeah. all. But, and they you know, know I wouldn't. So they're like, you got to go through the long way. <laughs> right. They're like, I'm... oh, no, not you. You got to. <laughs> and I can't even vote. So even under a green card or any type of visa here, you can't vote. You can only vote as a U.S. citizen. So I can't even vote anyways, even if I wanted to. I mean, you technically could vote illegally, but uh, nobody's going to do that. You can actually go to jail for voting. Yeah, illegally. you can go to prison for that. Yeah. So I'm there not going to do that. But there have, been, there have been people gone to prison for that, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, that's very risky. Um, but it happens, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, Andrea, you, you still cannot vote? You cannot vote unless you are a U.S. citizen. No, but yeah, but you're not a U.S. citizen now? Not yet, no, because the green card takes... So you, you apply for your green card. You can have you have that for five years. After five years, then you can apply for citizenship. If you don't apply for citizenship, you just renew your green card every 10 years, kind of like a passport. You pay like $500 to renew your green card every 10 years. But if you want to go the citizenship route, then you would apply for that. That takes about two to three years. And so from, you know, like, let's say you come here on a visa, you do that for five years or two years, because there's different lengths of visas. You have your short term kind of visas and then you have the long, there's up to five year visas here. And then you would apply for your green card. That takes like, you know, anywhere from like 18 months to two years. And then after five years, apply for citizenship. And that takes two, three years kind of thing. So at the end of the day, it could take you up to like 10, 12 years to become an American citizen and then mm. you can vote. So it's even it's it's hard. It's it's hard even for you. <laughs> yeah. No, yep. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It is like like. Yeah. But it's it's like, you know, uh, I mean, from the Mexico perspective, I can understand because, you know, it's right there. It's it's right on the border. 
And of course, that people will will want to go, even if uh, sometimes they're poor, and sometimes they're not poor, but they see that there's a huge difference of salary when when they move. You know, my sister, I have a sister who lived in the United States for uh, one year and a half, I guess. Yeah. She worked as a veterinary. And oh, what? I mean, she did. She worked as what? A veterinary. Is that right? A veterinary. Oh, the, veterinary. 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 Yeah. yeah. So he was a veterinary. He worked with horses, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and you know the, the 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 economic difference. Of course, that there are negative aspects in American culture for from a Brazilian point of view. Also, you know, many Brazilians who go there, they see well that you know America is not all these things that you talk that you thought it was. Blah 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 blah. But you know, in terms of income, in terms of making money out of what you do, uh, the the comparison is abysmal, right? And in that, well, and, and you got to also figure Mexico. Mexico, I can understand. I truly can't understand people wanting to leave there because of big, big, as, as asylum seekers. And I'll tell you why. Because basically Mexico is, is constantly in a civil war between the, the drug cartels and the, and the Mexican government. I mean, literally a civil war. The, the, Mux, the Mexican drug cartels use military equipment and they're, they're very organized. Mm. And so it's, it's very dire. You know, those people are in dire straits. Yeah, but it's, uh, I mean, I think that, you know, they have, they have their perspective and the United States has its own perspective. Say, so, no, you, I'm not obligated to give you, uh, I mean, there are many other countries in the world you can look for. Asylum. Right. Yeah, we can't, we yeah. can't, yeah, we can't let everybody. Yeah. And it's funny, it's funny because I remember there was this massive wave of immigrants. I, I mean, people, I think it was a, a similar situation. People were running away from some sort of conflict that was happening. I think it was in Honduras or Guatemala. I don't remember which country it was. And the Mexicans, they immediately close their borders. Like, no, 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 you're not entering here, my friend. <laughs> so, like, and, and it's the same thing happens, for example, you, you, you probably have a lot of Dominicans in the United States, right? Yes. Uh, ask Dominicans about how their country deal with the Haitians. You know? Oh, they, yeah, yeah, they won't let them in. Their, their immigration the policies. The Dominicans hate. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, they're like they they're like uh, you know ten times whatever you do in relation to Mexicans. You know, they're they're doing in relation to the Asian Asians. Uh, so much so that they even had this one situation uh, recently that happened recently. Like there's a huge prejudice over Haitians in there. So uh, in 2010 or 2009, there was this law that every a uh, Haitian descendant, let's just say you're the grandson of some Haitian who came to the Dominican Republic uh, in 1930 or 1920 or something like that, uh, you would have to make a test of citizenship. And if you didn't pass this test, you go back to Haiti. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you know, if you look at Haiti and you look at the Dominican Republic, they're on the same island. They're, you know, they share, they share the same island, but. Um, you know, half and half, but Haiti is a is a hellhole. Yeah. Whereas yeah. As, as the Dominican Republic is really not that bad. No, no. And they speak Spanish in the Dominican Republic, and they speak French in Haiti. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's different cultures, different races. It's it's it's. I don't know so much of... about different races. I think that I think the Dominican Republic are, uh, are more mixed. But you know, there are a lot yeah, of they got they have some well. they have some mixed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there, there are more, there are more mixed people in Dominican Republic than in Haiti. But you know, there's a lot of black people in Haiti. There's a lot of black people in Dominican Republic, and some white people in Dominican Republic. Maybe not so much, so many white people in Haiti. 
Uh, but well, I mean, it's it's interesting because you know Haitians, you know, there's they have a very good relation to our country, Brazil, <laughs> and because Brazil, Brazilian army went there uh, and did the you know the UN, they're they're the peace forces of UN, so Brazil was responsible to keep peace among those groups that fight each other in Haiti, and we passed them a very good impression, so they have a very positive image of Brazil. So because of that, especially during that wonderful phase that we passed through in between 2009 and 2000, no, 2003 and 2014, uh, a huge number of Haitians came. But of course, it's not easy, you know, going to the Dominican Republic is much easier. But they would, you know, you have the coyotes, all this, this whole process, you know, that I saw, I saw documentaries about the whole process of how they, how they managed to go to Brazil. They were, they were going especially to the north because there were a lot of jobs available on state, how do you say state, uh, real estate, real estate jobs available. Mm-hmm. They came, they came to Brazil, they came to, to the middle of the country, they came to the, to the south, even the south, where you have this German heritage whatsoever. They're like starting to be part of it and whatsoever. I mean, we don't have, at least historically, as far as I know, as far as I know, we don't have problems with Haitians here yet. I don't know if we're going to have in the future, but right now we don't. But something that I've been observing now is that many of those Haitians who came here, they're leaving. They're leaving. And I know what? I'm going to France now because this country is not the way it used to be before. And I'm going to France. And there are some more going to the United States coming from our country. They migrate here. Not very satisfied. <laughs> there. <laughs> Gotta go to your country now, but many prefer to go to France because of the language. You know. Well, l- let me ask. Uh, l- well, that makes sense. That makes sense because they already speak a version yeah, of French, yeah, so yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of makes sense. Yeah. Let me ask you, um, Andrea, what uh, what is the uh, immigrant situation in Canada? Um, so it's interesting because I was actually born in Romania, so I immigrated to Canada when I was like four. I was adopted, so I went through that whole process. Um, so I don't. Growing up was just kind of like normal. Like it wasn't, I didn't really, you know, know too much about anything. But I do remember that like, you know, when we lived in the lower mainland and there was there, it was interesting because the East Indian population in BC was like, was like, there were so many, like there were, you know, we'd have like neighborhoods of just like East Indian people and they would all speak like East Indian. And you know what I mean? Like they were really nice people and stuff, but like, it always smelled like East Indian food down the street. <laughs> Smell like curry. Yes, curry all the time. Yeah, but I think the immigration process in Canada is actually a little easier. I think like, um, I think it takes like a couple of years. It's not nearly as like scrutinizing and long and painful as the U.S. citizenship. But, um, but I know that like, I'm pretty sure Trudeau has open borders and he's like, everybody come here, right? Like, <laughs> right. You know, I, I love the Indian people. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But but they are very comical. Um, like when they when they talk, and they move their heads, they do the bobblehead thing. Very funny. Let me see if I can. I don't know that. if you guys know what I'm talking about. I have. Yeah, we're talking about a pool. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like what you're saying. No, but it's 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 real. This this accent is real because yeah. I ha- I had bumped into many Indians with that accent. Yeah, and I, I, I've seen them in stores talking to each other. Yeah, and even yeah. from a distance, I can see like their heads bobbling back and forth. <laughs> it's very entertaining. Uh, very interesting. They would probably be insulted by that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't mean it as an insult, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. My, my, 
sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Can you, Canada kind of has like the same ways of immigration. So like you can have family sponsorship. So like if there's another Canadian, like, you know, born or like spouse partner, you can immigrate under, you know, sponsorship. You can express entry, which is like immigrating as a skilled worker. And then they also have like startup visas. So like if you want to start a business or, you know, create jobs, you can go that way kind of thing. Um, but I don't know the number exactly. But uh, but do uh, Canadians in general, do they complain about immigration? Like it happens in the United States? Or uh, you know what? Honestly, okay? honestly, growing up, I didn't. Nobody really complained about it. I don't know exactly, you know, kind of how many people are in there now. I know that like it's it, the numbers are way higher. Like, you know, I've heard people say like, you know, certain cities are just these populations, these people. Um, but I don't know exactly. Let me see if I can find their border policy, their immigration policy, which is probably very interesting. Yeah. I mean, Europe is also going through, uh, I mean, Western Europe, to be more precise. So it says foreign-born people make up one quarter of Canada's population. So there's 30... Six million people in Canada. One third of those people are born. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 So let's see. Yeah. In recent years, this is funny because it's all <laughs> Canada has become even more attractive destination for immigrants after policies enacted under President Donald Trump severely restricted access to the United States. So yeah. like, okay, Canada. We'll go right, to Canada. No, no, yeah, this is this is this is going on with many Brazilians, by the way. Uh, because you know, the, the thing is, like, uh, aside from the from the fact that at least until uh, a couple of years ago, I don't know now, because I know that the United States is passing through a, a tough moment, but uh, and now he's not you, you're not only do, uh, worried about the immigration problem, now there's the migration problem too, because people coming from some states. Where things are not working and they're all going to Texas and, and those uh, blue states, right? Right. Yeah. So, get, so now this, you also go on. So get this: in 2022, Canada granted more hundred more than 437,000 foreign permanent residencies. So this is apparently like the greatest, you know, share of new Canadian permanent residents, and they primarily came from India, China, and the Philippines and Nigeria. Mm. And I believe that Trudeau is just like, yeah, let's get more and more people. Like, like he wants to accept, you know, five hundred thousand new permanent residents each year by twenty twenty five. So, just get them over. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, because and you know that's a hell of a lot for Canada because I think Canada only has like thirty some odd million people. Thirty six million. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's a that's considerable amount. Yeah. So um, primarily, these people are from India. And then, you know, around 30,000 are from China. And but if you look, you know, if you look at some of these charts, there's 100 and probably 130,000 from India. Um, and they settle in like Toronto, Mon Montreal, Vancouver, you know. And so these Toronto, if you go there, like it's just migrants, like it's just people who have, you know. Yeah, the main place, the main place I always went to was uh, I would go up through. Uh, Michigan and go to Windsor, Canada and, uh, and gamble at the at Casino Windsor. I think it's, uh, I think, um, Caesar's palace bought them out now. Yeah. Now there's, yeah. So they're, but yeah, Windsor, and they used to have like this gigantic fountain in the middle of the, the middle of the uh, lobby and the water would shoot all the way up. But then for some reason they got rid of that. I don't know. Yeah. So 
every two weeks, apparently every two weeks, the government invites top-ranking individuals to apply for permanent residency in Canada, and this apparently takes about six months. So, I mean, the process is much shorter. Like, the U.S. process to become a permanent resident is just, like, very long and grueling and expensive, but, like, in Canada, it's, like, you know, kind of quick, and here you go, right? Right. Yeah, that's pretty but quick. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Canada is more in the, like, they're not saturated yet, so they're more in a expansionist mentality. I don't and, and know. Therefore, it's a little bit easier for them. To yeah, but you got to figure it doesn't take much to saturate Canada because the population is so much smaller. But remember, Canada. No, no, yeah, but they wanted to have a bigger population, maybe. Oh yeah, but remember, Canada is double. What is it? The same? Is it bigger? It's bigger. Land so yeah, wise. the land 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 wise, Canada is bigger than the United States. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, I know that there are places, I don't know if there are, every place is, is habitable because there are places that are really, really cold. Yeah. But it sounds like there's much more space and much more, you know, even, even, even people from uh, countries like England, for example, there were several uh, waves of, I'm talking about 20th century, now 21st century, uh, after World War II, for example, the number of English who left uh, England and, and went to Canada and Australia because the the city was devastated and now it's happening again like uh when they uh because of the commonwealth they you know the the the, the white citizens of, of let's say the white citizens of england they sometimes they when they realize that well situation is not so very good here now a country that's let's go to australia let's move to canada so i guess that you're also receiving some uh, uh immigrants from europe you know yeah i have i have i have relatives i have actually two cousins who actually live in canada today uh, I still don't understand why they decided to move to Canada. Of course, they were looking for better economic conditions. I get it. But one of these cousins was a pilot. So imagine this guy. He dreamed, he dreamed out being a pilot his whole life. He became a commercial pilot. He was having this very nice life being a commercial pilot. And all of a sudden, he said, you know what? I'm going to move to Canada. And now he lives in Canada. You know, like, oh, man. And it's crazy. Okay, well, if you go to Canada, like um, if you're going to buy a house, if you're going to live anywhere near a city or metropolis, metropolis area, whatever, it's so expensive. Like you cannot afford a house like there's I think um, my in-laws house is probably it's a, it's a piece of crap. It's like old and it's like it's like the 70s is falling apart. But like they could get eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars for it. It's absolutely ridiculous. So it's like, wow. You can't afford to buy a house in the city, like anywhere. It's just mm. so. Like, how are these people afford? Like, where are these people? You know, how much money are these people making? How are they able to afford living in Canada? Because it's not cheap. Like, the cost of living in Canada is like way. Like, even with inflation, it is still cheaper to live in the United States compared to Canada with everything there. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised when when I would start going up to Canada to gamble. I was really <laughs> surprised at the uh, at the the difference in how much I could get. And Canadian dollars. Right. Now your money does not go farther. And then and a lot of people I think that's what attract that's what's attractive about the United States is that you do a your dollar goes so much farther here before you know before inflation and all this stuff and the and the housing prices, like you could get a, you know, a really nice big house for a very affordable price. Like, you know, three hundred thousand was like expensive back then, right? And your dollar goes so much farther and you're, you know, you keep so much more of your money. Like, you know, in, in Canada, you're paying 40% of your income to the government. Cause that's what you're taxed. Right. Like it's Jesus. crazy. Right. Whereas here, you know, you you're at 26%, maybe, you know, depending on what you make kind of thing, you just keep so much more of your money and your dollar goes so much farther. Yep. Uh, question, question. Uh, I mean, 
since dem, since Canada is a let's say a democrat country so to speak yeah. uh, how what, what about Americans who move to Canada are there many uh, let's say leftist Americans who are looking for cheap health I mean let's say cheap oh, free healthcare and everything so is there a flow of Americans going to Canada or something let's see i don't think so it's funny because Canada, like Canadians, like they kind of hate America. They're like, oh, I would never live there. They have too many guns. Like it's a horrible place. And I'm like, you're crazy because America's amazing. Um, and there are people, there are people that will move to Canada to get away from, you know, American policies and American stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, but they're crazy. Well, what drives but, me but crazy is all the all the famous. People. No, no, no. And all the famous people say, well. I remember when they said, "If Donald Trump wins, I'm going to move, I'm move to, moving to Canada." Yeah. Guess how many of those people moved to Canada? None of them. None of them. None of those famous people that said that moved to Canada. Let me see if I can find if I can find out how many. <laughs> yeah, that's basically right. So let's see. In 2000, so yeah, 6,800 Americans tried to apply for permanent residency in Canada. <laughs> in 2016 or sorry 7700 in 2016 because everyone was like ah trump's horrible i'm moving to canada mm -hmm. oh my gosh that's hilarious but basically like you know it's not a very high number you have 8000 people a year that are moving to canada and you know what they probably moved back because they realized it's not you know the grass is not greener on the other side mm. well they have all these ideas of what it's kind of like when kind of like what mendez was saying about people going to america and thinking I think people that go to America think that we're like, you know, the, the streets are paved with gold and everything's perfect. No, not that. <laughs> and it's not like that Almost at all. that. Almost that. It's like, it's there like. There are no let, perfect let me, places. Let me, let me explain a little bit of that. Let me explain a little bit of that. I mean, of course that, you know, uh, United States is a prosperous country. Yeah. And people tend to go, you know, people tend to go from a less prosperous country to a more prosperous country. Of course, that's people migrate for other reasons as well. But this is the predominant reason why people migrate everywhere in the world. This is how it always been, okay? But there's a, there's a special thing about the United States, which is like, for example, if you live in a country like Brazil, uh, you grow up, you turn your television, and there's an American movie, there's an American series, there's an American this, and there's American sports, and everything is very colorful and very beautiful and very organized. And you sell that image, or Hollywood sells an image of your country. Not just Hollywood, but Hollywood and the whole... Uh, cultural industry sells an image of the United States. Uh, of course, and now it's becoming different because now uh, with social media and it's not just television anymore. So we see both sides. You know, we have more uh, now. A Brazilian who lives in the United States will will tell the other Brazilians how the good the, the goods and the bads. But you know, we grew up. I mean, uh, people in my generation have been growing up. We were brainwashed on believing that you live in. A, we want to know this country at least know this country that you see. It's part of your life, but it's not because you don't live there. It's you, 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 you think you know stuff about the United States, but you don't really know. You know, so you, you, you something that a writer called called imaginary citizens. So there are many people in the world, not just in Brazil, many parts of the world. We are all American imaginary citizens. You know, and we want to go to this place where a part of our uh, uh, imagination is. Right. right. So I see I see like uh, statements from from Brazilian people who, who moved to the United States or who were just taking tours, how they cry. For example, my sister cried when she was in New York. She was in New York. She was in Times Square. Oh, my God. Statue of Liberty. She was crying. You know, and you see people crying. She was crying. Yeah. She cried out of emotion, you know, 
Wow. Of being there, being that place that I see so many times in screen, but now it's real. Now I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And, and, and sometimes people just say, oh, look at those buses, the yellow buses that you see in the movies. This is right here. All the gardens, they're exactly like they were in the movies and this and this and that and that. Of course, this is, this is like, like, it's like, it's like, for example, you live in a small town in the United States and you want to go to Los Angeles, right? Right, right. And you have this Los Angeles dream in your head, but then you go there. And you realize that there's the dream and there's the reality of Los Angeles. You know, <laughs> right. It's pretty much the same thing, you know, but in a world scale, right? Right. So that's why, for example, many Brazilians, instead of choosing, let's say, Australia, they will choose the United States because it's like, Jesus, it's Disneyland. It's this and that. And of course, they will wake up from this dream at some point. Some people will adapt, right? Many Brazilians, they go to the United States and adapt themselves very well. And there are many others who know they would just come back and they would complain. They would say the United States is the worst place in the world. But it, there is this, this this propaganda that end up making your country become a bigger beacon, even in comparisons, let's say to Canada or Japan or uh, some places in Western Europe. You know, even though, for example, it's much easier, for example, for a Brazilian to to go to Ireland than it is to, to go to the United States. But a tendency is to choose the United States because Ireland is not in the in, in the mind of that person, you know. And by the way, just just one information: there is one city. By the way, there is one state where people are crazy about United States. They're just crazy about it. Minas Gerais, you know. So uh, maybe one out of how do you say that again? Minas Gerais. It's one of our twenty-seven states, right? Okay. And 26, 27. I even forgot how many states we have because it changes all the time. But anyway, um, so in Minas Gerais, so one out of maybe one out of three or four or five immigrants, Brazilian immigrants in the United States are from this state. And many of them are from this one small city, not so small, but city. There's not like metropolis called Governador Valadares. So there's a city in Brazil called Governador Valadares. Is there, is, and... is there anything in your language that's easy to say? <laughs> <laughs> Governador Valadares. Yeah. Governador is go governor. It's, if you uh -huh. see it written, you realize that it's not as hard as you think it is because you're just listening to it. But when you read it, you say Governador. Okay, that makes sense. But anyway, so, so Governador Valadares, you know, it seems like it's a tradition in that city. Like everyone has to spend a couple of years in the United States. It's just, it's, it's a tradition of the city. It's not a poor town, it's not anything. It's middle-class people, but they say, no, I need to migrate to the United States. And they just go and they do everything they can in order to do it. And it's kind of crazy. I don't know why, 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 why this thing happens, but it does happen. I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's because, like you said, it's Hollywood. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's our music that. industry. And they, love, and, they, and they love to have this identity. We are the city that worships the United States and we want to move there. <laughs> that's that's their identity. That's how they are known in the rest of the country, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I've been to Canada and, and, and I have to be honest with you, there wasn't that much of a difference. I, I didn't know what I was expecting, but... Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't think... I mean, it's different, but it's not that different. People are mean in Canada. Can, can, Canadians like to think that they're nice, but they're nice to everybody else, but each other <laughs> so <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah they're so mean i when i came to like the u.s i was like oh my god like everybody is so nice you're like genuinely nice you go to canada and everyone's mm -hmm. like and eh, from canada like maple syrup like it's just stupid like <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're not as nice as you may think they are you know what i mean there i have still lots of good friends and family in canada but like you know the circle is very small right 
what uh, do you experience? Have you experienced or witnessed any of the uh, the conflicts between the British Canadians and the and the French? No, I, I grew up in BC, so I mean that would be that would be more like Quebec and stuff, right? When they yeah yeah yep. yeah. I didn't even learn French as a kid because it was just not you know. But you but you're not from the French part of Canada. You're from an English part of Canada. Yeah, right? so I was like born, or sorry, I wasn't born there, but I was raised in like the Lower Mainland, so about an hour and a half from downtown Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we were like right on the border of like Seattle. Like it was like one hour to Seattle kind of thing. So we would always, growing up, we would always go shopping over the border because it was so oh, much cool. cheaper. So we'd, <laughs> we'd take our passports or, you know, back then you just needed a license or you just needed ID to get over the border. You drive over the border, go into Bellingham, go into Seattle. And it was like, you know, so amazing because it was so much cheaper. And then you know, would come back. But um, yeah, I didn't really... I didn't really grow up with like you know. I've never been to Quebec or in my life, so. But uh, but what what made you move, Trudina? I mean, I mean, I I think I heard in another show that your parents come from Romania or something like that. So or yeah, so I... so I was born in Romania and okay. I was adopted by a Canadian family, and then mm. then I met my husband and he had already he had already been through the the visa process because he had lived in florida for a few years back in 2008 kind of when that all went down and when he came back he had always like you know he loved it so much here that he was like he wanted to come back and so he was working for an oil and gas company and you know they had a parent company in the states and so he was like do you want to move and i was like sure why not you know never been there really but i'll move there and then and then literally like within months it just felt like home right like it just felt so comfortable and just like so welcoming here like the people were so nice you know and and it was like a really good decision but yeah you're, you're, you're probably you're probably an american who was just born in, i mean was just yeah. born in romania it's know, true no I, I i it's funny because i'm like i i really want like i'm like want to hang the american flag like we have like the post in our you know on our side of our house and i have the husband's like no you got to wait till we're permanent residents he's like we're not there yet and so i'm like the day that we get the green cards i'm like hanging the flag i don't care what anybody says right <laughs> and because you, you know you could hang um i see not very often but sometimes people do like you know a canadian or an, an american flag if they're like canadians but there's not too too many in this area that i've ever met that are from canada but you can fly two flags if you want yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another question. Uh, I saw this. I don't know if you saw this movie, uh, The Barbarian Invasion. And there's yeah. another one from before. I forgot the fall of American Empire or something. And uh, the, the Barbarian Invasions, it shows like the dark side of America, uh, not American, uh, Canadian uh, healthcare system. Oh, right? yeah. And it's a mess there. It, but, but did you see this movie? No. Uh, yeah, I've yeah, never heard of it, actually. I yeah, learned that uh, experience, so. <laughs> yeah, but it's so. But it, uh, my question, my, my doubt is like, is it is it does does it really have this problem? Like, for example, you you want to you want to do an exam and you have to wait for like six. Oh months yeah. To oh do yeah. The exam. So, um, we were scheduled for like a minor, just a outpatient procedure, just a quick, you know, doesn't take like ten minutes. Blah blah blah. We had to book it eight months in advance and the day of the procedure they canceled it on us and it was oh. like you know what i mean so yeah i mean i had um you know a family member wait six seven eight months for a hip replacement it's so bad that you can't i mean it takes you two months three months to get in for an mri or like anything that's important right so 
they say, you know, oh, healthcare is free. It's really not because you're paying you're paying so much taxes that the government takes those tax dollars and puts it into the healthcare. So really, it's not free. You're paying for it out of the money you make your income. Well, right? let's say that let's say that you can't wait to do this exam. What do you do? Do you, do you have private hospitals, private uh, healthcare system, or just the public one? I don't know if they have private. I don't know if that's. Well, let me let me put it to you this way. I I watched an episode of uh, a segment of sixty minutes, CBS sixty minutes, and they did a thing about how this one Canadian woman, she was supposed to die in six months, without without the procedure she needed. This procedure was scheduled for nine months. Yeah. So she had to come down to the United States and get the procedures done. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah, she was going to die. I mean, it's great that she got it for free, but if you're going to die before you get it, what's the difference? It's definitely super crazy. Like it's not anything like it is here. Like Canada has such a, they have such a doctor shortage at this point. Like they, they don't pay their doctors enough. So people don't want to move there. It's interesting because when I lived in a really small kind of rural area, it was about 10,000 people. Um, they would always have South African doctors come and, and work in these rural areas. They were like really good doctors and really nice people. Um uh. But yeah, the they don't pay their doctors enough to want to work, right? And so you have you have doctor shortages, you have hospital people, you have nurse shortages, all these things, right? Which just prolong, you know, any type of procedure or waiting, especially after COVID, because they stopped everything, right? Like they weren't doing anything at that point. So the wait list just grew and grew and grew and grew at that point. And then you know, it's yeah, it's it's always been like that since I remember as a kid. It was never really that great. And but then you come here, you come to the States and you book an appointment and you're in in, you know, a week or two. Yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah. I can get same day appointments. It depends. Yeah. But in but in the United States, you, you got to have a health care insurance. That's if right. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, then then you screw. Right. That's, then it's very expensive for sure. Like yeah. even with yeah. even with some of the. You know, even with some of the the benefits and stuff like that, like you know, you go for a blood panel and, and it's still like three hundred dollars, even with some of your coverage, right? Like it's it's not cheap for sure. Because I, I know this is one of the things Brazilians when they go to United States they complain a lot is like if you don't have health insurance, everything is ridiculously expensive. And for example, yeah. if you if you go to the dentist, the dentist will make you sign six hundred documents, uh, absorbing in for any responsibility for what happened, have whatever happens to you. Like no, if if something happens to you, it's your responsibility. It's not my responsibility. Just sign. Well, sign yeah, but that's it. because in the United States we're so crazy. Yes, yes, that's true. And everybody, likes when they, everybody. When they go to when they go to Americans, they're like, "What the hell, the hell is that?" You know. Yeah, they're scared that you're gonna. You're, they're scared that something will happen that's not their fault, yeah. and you'll sue yeah. the shit out of them. And and uh, and the prices they're like crazy. You do something very simple, and it's like fortune if you don't have well yeah like if you get a let's say a wisdom tooth removed at the dentist it's anywhere between like what two and three four hundred dollars if you don't have any you know type of coverage yeah it's it's it can be a lot of money yeah even having like even if you have a baby in the united states with coverage Mm -hmm. you know you can still pay five thousand dollars you know for your hospital bill i did not have to pay a single dime when i had my children in canada but you know you pay in other ways it's just very sneaky. It doesn't feel like you're paying. That's why people say it's like, oh, free healthcare. Let's go to Canada. Everything's free. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, sometimes in order to jump the line, you have to pay, bribe someone. Does it happen in Canada? Bribing uh, to jump the line? Because in know. the movie, they show that a lot of times. You know, it's like French. Well, they're not going to. Yeah. Th- yeah. That's, well, she's not going to know because. <laughs> 
If they don't do it, then I'm sure it's not out in the open. <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying that, you know, uh, in the in this movie, this movie's about, uh, I mean, I'm not going to tell what the whole movie's about, but there's there's this thing that this guy, he he's anti-American, so he doesn't want to, he has cancer, but he's anti-American. He doesn't want to be in, a, in an American hospital because his son is a great, successful capitalist entrepreneur in America, so he's the opposite of his father. So the son wants to bring him to the United States to have a good operation and, and, and everything well because he has money to pay. But the guy said, no, 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 I'm going to be attended in a Canadian hospital. But, you know, the rooms are terrible. There are a lot of problems there. And, and the son is bribing the doctors and bribing the hospital in order to get him better rooms and better, better treatment, better this, better that, you know, but the father doesn't know, you know. So I saw, I saw in this movie, oh, that, that looks a little bit like Brazil. <laughs> No, what, what, what's this movie called? Uh, it's called Barbarian Invasions. It won the Academy Award or Foreign Language Movie in 2003 or four or two. I don't remember. Oh, well, what it's language a, is it? It's in? a very good. It's uh, it's in French. The movie uh, uh, because it's French Canadian, but uh, it's very good. It's a great movie, and it's funny because there's a you know this movie is a sequel to another movie called uh the invasion uh i forgot the, the barbarian invasions you know and the barbarian invasions suck i hated barbarian invasions but i mean sorry i hated the movie i know the, the sorry 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 I, I made a mistake uh the first movie is called the fall of the american empire it's from 1986 i hated this movie but then the sequel which is called the barbarian invasions you don't need to see the prequel you can watch only the sequel the sequel it's great. I loved it. Like, and, and this is the movie that I'm talking about. Hmm. I have to check it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. It's really good. So, um, you know, the, 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 it's not just the problem with jobs. It's not just the problem with healthcare. It's not just the problem with that it overwhelms the our um, our infrastructure when it comes to hospitals and education and and social services. And housing, it also brings crime and drugs. Mm. Um, over ninety percent of the fentanyl that comes across that, that, that is in the United States, which is killing people, comes across the Mexican border. Mm. And the same thing with heroin. Mm. So there has to be something done. We need that border wall. We really do. And 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 the you know in the past, the same liberal politicians, the same Democrat politicians. They're arguing against it now, argued for it in the past. Oh, yeah, I've seen those clips where it's like Biden says one thing or somebody says one thing. We need a wall. We need to build stuff. And then now yeah. it's like, no, let's take it down, right? Yeah, now that it's Trump's idea, he's like, no, 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 we're against that now. Yeah. And isn't there like another, there's another drug that's coming over the, that's even stronger than fentanyl now or something. It's like, can't remember what it's called, but. It's coming into the board. And I mean, people just need to realize that the government does not care about you. It doesn't care if you're dead. It does not care if you're suffering. Like, they do not care. And now you see how much they don't care, right? You know, you have yeah. all these people and drugs and criminals. Like, they're not vetting these people. If you look at who's coming over the border, they're, you know, young, strong men. They are, you know, seemingly relatively healthy looking and they are where's all the women and children where's all you know all the people that supposedly are escaping you know horrible conditions in their country these people are not you know they they're in clean clothes they're in nice clothes they're they look like you know your average person and they're coming yeah. over and, and they're not vetting these people they're not you know what did they say like they're 
they can't keep track of everybody. And like now you have just so many people coming in that border patrol probably don't like they're so busy processing people and they're so busy just dealing with just the invasion because that's what it is that you're going to lose people. You're going to just have people that, you know, somehow escape and get into the country. I don't even know. I, I've never been to the border, so I don't know exactly know like what it looks like down there, but it's, it's probably, bad. It's not pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It's real bad. If, if you ever want to look, uh, just type in illegal immigrants uh, and, and cities along the border and on, on YouTube. Or yeah. it, it, didn't they try to clean up like a like they before the news got there before like you know the mainstream yeah. media got there they tried to clean up this one patch of like migrants because they wanted to make it seem like you know oh, there's nobody here but then it was just like before it was just like people everywhere and stuff everywhere yeah. and they've just like taken over this yeah I forget what town that was but the, yeah they uh, they um, the, the the police force went out and they they cleaned all the streets and they and they made the migrants go somewhere else yeah. And, and and then that, that was the street that they let the politicians come down, and the news media. But, uh, but it was too late because we because we already saw what it looked like. So exactly, yeah. But oh, the, and then the, they're kicking people. They're kicking right. So they're busing these people to New York, and they're kicking veterans, American citizens, people who have fought for this country. They're kicking them out of hotels so that yep. migrants can be in them. And it's like, really? Why are people? Oh, not oh that? yeah, you didn't know that, Mendez. No, no, no. Tell me that story. Go ahead, Andrew. So yeah, so they're busing they're busing migrants to New York City, or maybe whatever city. Who knows how many where this is all happening? But I heard about it in New York. They're kicking out, I think they're homeless veterans out of out of specific hotels, and then they're giving those hotels to migrants. And it's like, okay, what are you doing? Because I I just don't understand why like more people are not like so mad about it, right? Like, right, you're kicking out people that have fought for this country. To house people that are illegal in this country, it doesn't. It just baffles me. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. They're, they're, they're kicking, they're kicking homeless people out, veterans, and all sorts of things out of these motels and hotels, and they're even kicking out tourists out of these motels and hotels, and they're they're letting these migrants stay in there, and the migrants are destroying the hotels. Are they? Destro yeah, destroying the insides of the hotels. But when you when you say migrants, you're talking about uh, people from other. I mean. Yeah. There are also yeah. Americans among those migrants, or no, 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 no. These no. are just Ill illegal, they, illegal immigrants. They put at the border uh, okay, and gotcha, they gotcha. put on buses. Yeah. So I think actually busing people to like cities is a really bad idea because not only are you you are putting a lot of you know economic stress and whatever on these these cities and states, but they're just gonna it just I think encourages these migrants to create these pockets of communities. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't. Right. Think, like just send them back at that point like don't send them i, I think th they're trying to get a message out like hey if, you know if we send all these people you're gonna you know pay the price or feel it or whatever and i'm just like i don't i don't necessarily agree with that idea i you know keep them all in one place and then just get them out <laughs> you know what i mean no no i i agree with that unfortunately unfortunately states can't can't deport it has to be the federal government. It does, yeah. And so what some of the states have done, Texas and Florida, and I think one other state, but I can't remember which one, what they've done is they put the, these cities, New York and Chicago and various other places, they, they call themselves, um, oh, sanctuary cities. In other words, an illegal immigrant can come there and they won't deport them. They won't turn them over to the federal government. They'll house them. That's what they say they are. But it's easy to say that when you're in New York and you're not even nowhere near the, the Mexican border. 
And so what some of these states have done that are along the border, they're getting overwhelmed by illegal immigrants is they're putting them on buses and shipping them to these so-called sanctuary cities. And then the sanctuary cities are like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? <laughs> well, remember well, wait a second. I thought you were a sanctuary city. What's the yeah. problem? <laughs> remember when they shipped them to Martha's Vineyard and they were like, we can't have these people here. And it's like, why? You want them everywhere else in the United States. Why not your backyard? You know what I mean? It's like, how about you open your door and you take as many in your house as you possibly can since you probably have a $12 million mansion that's got 18 bedrooms. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they don't want them on their doorstep. They yeah, want. They, yeah, they don't like that idea. No. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's it's real easy to be a sanctuary city when you're nowhere near the border. But it's it's about votes. That's why they they left us in your country. They do oh that? yeah, yeah oh yeah. Because yeah. I, I know that in Europe, in Europe, they uh, there is a. I mean, Europe has the same. I mean, Western Europe has the same problem. But it's not, I mean, of course, there's the leftist governments like Angela Merkel. I remember when she allowed a huge number of people from Syria to go to Germany. But they have like, like it's not just about being nice to people whatsoever. It's about paying the pensions of the older because, because they need young people to work, you know. So they need those immigrants now every now and then. Uh, in order to so so there are, there are periods where countries like Germany and, and England and France they facilitate the entrance of of immigrants from from poorer countries so that these people will generate revenue mm -hmm. so that you know the older people can be paid because those people don't have so many kids you know and that happens very much in, in Europe you know so uh, it's and of course those those immigrants they go and they bring a lot of problems too. You know, they bring you revenue, but they also bring you problems, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and not just not just the immigrants from out of Europe, the immigrants from even the immigrants from Eastern Europe also bring problems. I remember that I was uh, I had just watched uh, Brazil versus Switzerland in the previous World Cup 2018. And I noticed that the Swiss team changed so much, you know, because they're, they're not like they're not all white and, and German like whatsoever. They're, they they look in all sorts, you know, they they. They could be black, they could be Eastern European, whatsoever. And even their football change, they're playing better now, by the way, as well as many other. I mean, this is this is one of the good things that the immigration brought to some, some of these European countries, like France, for example. But so so coincidentally, I was I was going out with a with a woman. I mean, it was not my actual girlfriend, it was a woman that I was uh -huh. to go out with. Yeah, yeah. And at the time was I was not I was not with with, with Iris. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, so yeah, no, I was not cheating on her. But <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah. so I was I was in this game watching and the game one one and then we went to a movie, watch a documentary about Switzerland. And coincidentally the documentary was about how Switzerland changed since the 70s with the immigrants coming in, immigrants were coming from everywhere, everywhere, and which good and which bad these immigrants brought to Switzerland. And they were having so many problems with, 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 with robbery, with uh, uh, mafia, with this, with that, you know, yep. and the problems that the Nigerians brought, and the problems that the Arabs brought, and the problems that the <laughs> Serbians brought, and the problems that the Ita even Italians, because they have a lot of Italians brought. It's like, oh, shit. It's <laughs> like, okay, so... So you have like like it's 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 a two-edged sword because uh, some of these countries they need immigrants at least every now and then, but at the same time it brings like problems that that you know Swiss, uh, Sweden is 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 going crazy now. Uh, oh yeah, with, with, yeah, yeah. Sweden, with the Sweden has been 
Sweden's being destroyed. It's becoming a Muslim country, literally. People yeah. make jokes about it. Like, uh, folks like the stereotype of Denmark, and people show something related to Denmark. And when it goes Sweden's time, and it's something Muslim, you know, it's not something, <laughs> it's not something that looks Swedish. You know, it's like, no, this is a Muslim country now. And even Belgium, you know, they have this neighborhood that, with especially with Moroccans, but people from other countries as well, Arab countries, where you see uh, like like most of these uh, terrorist attacks that happened in the last 20 years, uh, part of it was planned there. You know, that the people right. were there, you know, like the September 11 and the one in Madrid and the one in London. And, and that neighborhood was always part of the, 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 the you know, the, the process that culminated into the, the terrorist attacks. So I can I can't imagine, you know, I I want to I, I want to bring some European friends to the show so they can talk about it, too, because, you know, it's, it's a problem that you're having with, the, with Mexicans and Latin Americans and some other countries as well. But but in Europe, you know, it probably things are probably even worse in terms of yeah it's it's, it's much worse it's it's yeah. and it's uh it's parts of africa it's, it's the middle east it's it's yeah. uh it's it's arabs it's blacks it's yeah. it's it's th those are the main countries that they're coming from for europe whereas with us the only i mean we're getting blacks from haiti we're getting blacks from um you know some some of the other some of the the uh island countries but it's mainly um mexicans Mm -hmm. And some and some Central and, and South Americans, but it's mainly Mexicans. Mm. Okay, but what about Puerto Rico? Because Puerto Rico is like part of the United States, right? Yeah, yeah. Puerto Rico, they don't have; they're not a state; they're a protectorate. In other words, we mm -hmm. protect them. They're like, I don't know. They're we look after them to make sure that nobody messes with them. So and it's like so, easier. It's easier for them. Yeah. Sure, sure. Well, they, yeah. Well, it's not easier. They're they're considered citizens. That the only thing, the only thing but that they, makes but they me... can't they can't vote from Puerto Rico. They can vote if they're in the United States, but mm -hmm. they can't vote in Puerto Rico. I get it. I get it. The only so thing if they, that... if they come if they come to the United States, they can vote there. No, the only thing I mean, the only thing that truly upsets me, and I have to to be honest about it, is that because of that problem with immigrants immigration, uh, because you, you know if you're from Brazil, you need a visa to even go to the United States. If I want to spend sure. uh, a week in your country, go to New York and spend some money and help the economy whatsoever i still have to apply for a visa and of course that the guys who are doing the interview they're oriented to like no let's see how many attachments that person has to brazil and if that person doesn't have enough attachments just say no like 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 the drug thing just say no so right. uh, i would i i don't i don't dream about moving to your country but i would like to visit your country one day and and if I decided to do that today, it would be a pain in the ass. You know, my, my sister, my other sister, not the one that because I had two sisters. So one lived in the United States for a year and a half. And the other one, uh, she was she, she was going to visit New York because she had an American friend and he invited her and whatsoever. And she was very naive. So she bought the ticket and everything before doing the interview. And she did the interview and people were like, no, denied. And like, shit, like and, and she fortunately for her. She knew someone in the consulate that make things better for her. Well, let me tell you this. If you decide to come to the United States, you can stay at my house. Oh, yeah. So if, if I have a help of someone who lives in your country, yeah. it's easier. But if I don't, if I just want to go to Disneyland, yeah. and it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. If you, want, if, you, if you decide in the future, and this is an honest-to-goodness uh, offer, if you decide to come to the United States in the future, you're welcome to stay at my house. I have, oh, I have, a, spare, I have a spare bedroom you're welcome to. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very yeah. much, man. So this is yep. this is gonna happen. This is definitely gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, 
And, and the other way around, true, right? <laughs> you come I don't know how big your apartment is, but <laughs> that was a small apartment. So, yeah, know, I was going to say I'm a gorilla, so gorilla. I'm six eight. Coming, yeah, <laughs> but but you're coming to to Rio. You know, this is it's already yeah. a, it's already a plan. But uh, but that, that that but but that's you know that's how it is. You know, I, I heard that Obama when Obama was in presidency, he was thinking about he was talking to he was talking about not allow not uh, Brazilians not needing visas to go to the United States. And it was like, yay, you know, I know maybe for your country, it wasn't a good thing. But for us, it was like, yay, at least the people who want to visit, you know, right. Like, okay, I can visit now at least. But uh, but then Trump got in and said, no, 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 no let's stop. Let's stop this bullshit. <laughs> And there, you know, you know, there are many. I mean, uh, we talk. You know, when you talk about immigration to the United States, people normally focus on Latin America. But you know, in Eastern Europe, there, especially in Poland, you know, if you it, because Polish also need uh, to apply for visas the same way as we have. Yeah. And if they didn't need that, you know, they will they will move the whole country to to the United States. Right. <laughs> if they could do that. That's crazy. The U.S. and the U.S. and Canada must have like a deal because like you don't you just need a passport if you want to go to the border. Like oh yeah, yeah 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 we, we, yeah. You want to work here? You have to get a visa, but to just to go visit, you just need your passport. Yeah yeah yeah. We have we have what's you have what's called a favored nation status. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. certain nations that that you can just come. Yeah, but I, I'm a, I'm about to marry you know Iris, and Iris is about to get a Portuguese citizenship because her mother is Portuguese. And if I marry her, I'm also going to get a Portuguese citizenship. And if that happens, I won't need a visa to go to your country anymore. To <laughs> yeah. so the United States? <laughs> yeah, to the United States, because Portuguese can go easy. You know, Western Europe as a whole, and a few Eastern European countries can do it. And Japan, I saw the whole list, right? Japan, yeah. South Korea. Uh, but And there, there was an interest. The Democrat Party wants to extend this to Brazil. Uh, I don't know if it's good for your country. But people here would be very happy to be that. Well, well, listen, if you guys get married, how soon you guys are going to get married, do you think? Ah, uh, well, this year. We, we intend this to year. marry this year. Okay. If you want, if you yeah. want, you can honeymoon in the United States and you can stay at my house. Oh, it's, it's a great invitation. Thank you so much. The only problem you don't is... Have, you don't have to. I'm just offering. I'm just offering. No, no, I know, but the only the only problem is the American dollar is a little too expensive, you know. So everything is very expensive for us because of the currency. But yeah, we're gonna visit the United States, but probably not this year. You know, probably okay. it's on another year because yeah. this year is a little complicated for us. Gotcha. Anyway, so um, what do you, well, as far as what do you think? Uh, even though you're you're in Brazil, um, but Andrea is in the United States now. What do you what I want each one of your opinions on what we should do about the border? Close it. <laughs> Shut it down. You know what? Let people I always say, you know what, you're more than welcome to go to any country, but do it the right way. You know right. what I mean? Just right. go through what everyone else, me, other Canadians, other people have to go through. It's not a free pass. It's not, you know, you're not entitled to be here. You know what I mean? Just do it the right way. Right. Yeah, I'm with uh, you on that. Okay, so my opinion. Well, I don't actually have an opinion, but I'm I'm becoming more and more sympathetic to that idea. You know, I wasn't sympathetic when Trump was elected, but I'm starting to become because you know I I think there's a difference. For example, if you're a legal immigrant in a country, I think you have to be respected. You're a citizen of that country whatsoever. You know, right? And and of course that there are countries where you know immigrants suffer prejudice more, some some places less. 
I know there's a lot in the United States, but not everywhere. My sister didn't experience any sort of prejudice when she was here, when she was there, she was in Maryland. Uh, there are many Brazilians who say great things about, you know, how Americans treat them. And there are others who say that not so great things anyway. But uh, I think that every country has the right to control its borders. Borders have to be controlled, period. You know, you have to have power to open and close the gate, you know, and not just people getting in as, as, as much as they want. So yeah. it sounds to me that in the moment, in the moment, the, the, the idea of the wall is a good idea and not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah the, the the wall just makes it to where people can't just come in illegally whenever they yeah. feel like. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like you have a front door on your house. You don't just leave your door open. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between people coming here illegally and then people legitimately leaving a country because it's too yeah. dangerous. Right. Exactly. There's, there's a difference between those two people, and you know, I think that's what the border is supposed to do: is you filter out the people that are coming here illegally the people that are criminals the people that are you know not good people yeah gang members and drug dealers members. and then the people that are actually fleeing very bad things that are going on in their country they're you know and there's allowances like that that's the whole point right but but the people that are coming through you know aren't necessarily being vetted or aren't necessarily you know going to contribute to society right oh they're going to contribute just nothing you'd want them to contribute (laughs) (laughs) but now it's getting to the point where there's just there's so many people like and 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 you if i've I've seen video clips where you know people will go to the border and talk to them and and they'll say well biden opened the border so that's why we're here like it's open so we're here because of that right and remember if you looked if you saw any footage of like what it looked like be on the border before title 42 was um what do you call it? Taken away, whatever, removed. Right. There were lines, thousands and thousands of people just waiting, like just literally standing still at the border, waiting for that, you know, door to open. Yep. And, and the then they want to go down there and the mainstream media won't touch it. They don't, you don't ever see it in the news. And it's, it's funny because I saw a couple articles that were like, oh, uh, illegal border crossings are down since Title 42, right? And they're trying to lie to people. They lie to everybody. And so... Well, if the only people that put it on, that talk about it and put it on air is Fox News. And if you go on YouTube, you can find it where citizen journalists will go down and, and right. they'll record from their phones. But, you know, NBC, ABC, CBS, the big channel, CNN, MSNBC, they, uh, they, they, they don't do that. If you only watch those channels, you'll never know. You'll, you'll know very little, if, not, if anything, about it. Yeah. But you'll never see the videos of, of people just hanging out. Literally, then, the, the streets are covered with them. Right. And then even the people that do go down, like these citizen journalists, they'll go down. And these Border Patrol agents will be like, you can't record. Like, turn right. your phone off. Right? Like, they don't want people knowing how bad it actually is. Yep. And I think if people did, like, I am i don't know when, we're, you know, the U.S. is going to get to the point where it's like, enough is enough. Like, you know, all of this stuff going on, like, politically with Biden and, and you know, all their... Hillary now and, and Obama, like when is enough enough? Like when is where is the where is the threshold for you know America being like we've had enough with you know our government or these people and like you know when when is that change going to happen? Um, as long as the Democrats are in charge, it'll never happen. <sighs> the only think, thing uh, that could change it would be a civil war. So, but do you, you think so? 
I think so. Yeah. I think I think we're already in the middle of a of a, of a type of civil war. I mean, if you look at Antifa, and you look at Black Lives Matter, and you look at all the different lefty organizations yeah. attacking people and burning cars and turning cars over and uh, attacking cars driving through the middle of the intersections in the cities and and, and looting stores, all that they're already at war with us. We're just not I fighting back. I think there's more of us than there are of them. They, they're very loud. They like to, it, the, you know, they like to make themselves seem like there are so many, like we're, we're the minority, but I think it's the opposite. I think, I think, there, are, right. I think there are more of us than there are of them. And it's funny. Did you hear the term that they coined these people now? It's like, cause you got like the trans activists and then you got like Antifa. So they call them Trantifa. It's funny. <laughs> 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 I'm an anarchist. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. But I think if um if Trump gets back in, I I mean I think he's even said like if he if he gets back in, and I mean I hope he does because if he doesn't, then I think we're really screwed. But oh. if he gets back in, I think he was said that he would he would start the largest deportation, you know, of all these people. Just get them out, right? Like he would do. Which is what should happen, right? But the problem is you lose people once they're in the United States. Like, how yep. do you back them down? You lose them all. It'd be difficult. You, what we need to do is we need to round people up and deport them. We need to make a really concerted effort to round people up and deport them. It's, it's, it wouldn't be that difficult if we'd actually put the time and effort and the, and the, and the manpower into it. Yeah. Um, but that's never going to happen with, with, with Democratic politicians. And it, it rarely happens when you have a Republican. Really, the only, the only person in, in, since the turn of the century, since the year 2000, or maybe even before that, um, the only person that's even thought about that was Trump. Yeah. George I mean, W. Bush didn't. That's I for think damn the border sure. policies were one of the things that like really really got him elected right i think people were right. like wait a second this is a this guy has a good idea of kind of what to do and and i think that was a big thing yeah i agree and it was amazing like i can't remember i'd have to look up the numbers but i don't know how many illegal crossings we had when you know in those four years compared to i mean obviously it's not even remotely you know you can't compare it now because it's just it's insane now but like what his you know the wall and i think even on that town hall like you know that I can't remember her name, but she had basically said that, you know, Trump had only built like 50 miles of wall. And he was like, actually, I built 400. And it's like, you know, you got a fact. You, they lie. Right? Well, what he's, what she, here's the little trick she pulls. Um, you only built 50 miles of new wall. Oh, so she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't account for the parts of the wall that were fell, falling down and were useless. That was replaced. So that's what she. That's why she kept saying only that's fifty miles of okay. new wall. And like, okay, so all Biden had to do was just finish the wall. Like, there wasn't—I don't know how much was left, but there wasn't much. And so he was like, "No, I'm not doing it." Oh, he immediately stopped progress on it. And then, literally, these pieces of border wall just sat there, and it costed—I can't remember—millions of dollars a day just for this equipment to sit there and do nothing, right? Like, yep. He just had to finish it. Uh, another <laughs> thing. Another issue about this thing about immigration is that, uh, I, I mean, you touched on this subject very, very briefly, and I would like to touch it again. It's like there are uh, company owners, I guess, people who, who uh, 
let's say, who hire people, yeah, want to pay less. And they know that with immigrants, they don't need to pay so much, right? Cheap labor, yeah. Yeah, cheap labor, you know. And and it's, it's uh, so, so there is a whole, I mean, it's not just the left-wing government. It's, 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 it's American people, American companies, American, uh, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and whatsoever. They're also pushing this agenda forward because they don't want to pay more. You know? So you know, what the, you know what the solution is? I'll tell you what the solution is. In the United States, if you're caught, if you rent a house to someone and you know it's they could and, and it's a drug house and you rent it, you the 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 government will come in and you'll forfeit your property. They'll take they'll take your house from you if you're letting it be being if you're allowing it to be used as a as a uh, a place for drugs. Mm-hmm. You, they literally you forfeit your property. So. Why not make it to where if you hire an Ill- hire illegal immigrants intentionally and they can prove yeah. it, you yeah. forfeit you forfeit your company. Yeah, yeah, that makes. How sense. many people are going to hire illegal immigrants if they if they lose their company over it? Uh, but there's a there's another problem aside from from that one, which is uh, and there, for this problem, I don't I don't know if there's a solution because now you have like remote jobs, you know. And yeah. so you, someone can work for the company, an American company, without necessarily being in the United States. Uh, I'm one of those people, as a matter of fact. But I work in a thing that an American would not be able to do because I'm right. a dubbing actor. I dub for English to Portuguese, so there has to be a Brazilian or Portuguese or something like that. And I work, I work for different countries. I'm sorry, different companies in different countries. So I actually work for one one company in in Miami. One company in, uh, and, and two or three companies in Argentina, and, and one in China. And you know, it's a job. It's a it's a job for that country, but but I'm working from here. But of course, that I mean, of course, in my case, it's something that only a Brazilian would be able to do. You know, you cannot if you don't speak Portuguese, you wouldn't be able to do. Right. But there are other jobs that someone from your country could be able to do, but people are still going to hire someone from another country because they're going to pay less. You mm-hmm. know. And and how how are you going to solve this this problem? Because you know this these people are not moving. You know, well, that's not that's, away a, that's an, an unsolvable. Job. Yeah, that's yeah. an unsolvable problem. They're taking away an American job, but they're in their own countries, and this is this is going to be the future now because everything everything's going to be remote. You know, but this is another problem that you have to worry about in the future. You know, not just the people who are actually crossing the border. There's a cyber cyber wall. <laughs> You're going to have to <laughs> think about it. <laughs> yeah. Man, there's oh, so yeah, many problems yeah. coming in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So many yeah, problems here now, and so many, in the, so many in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's problems we 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 can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think I don't know about you guys, but I think I've said everything that I have to say about illegal immigration and the border wall. Unless either one of you have something else you'd like to talk about. Mm. Not coming anything to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I just say build the wall. Like just finish it. <laughs> okay. I, I I'm with you. Back. You know, we, we, he's got to get back in because he will, uh, he will fix a lot of things that, you know, Biden has basically, he's destroyed the country so much already. It's like, you know, somebody good's got to get in and, you know, get to it's, work. It's got to change. It's got to change. Otherwise, otherwise, it's gone, right? You know what I mean? And and people yeah. don't realize it yet. So Yeah, we're spiral spiraling out of control. Okay, nobody disconnect until I wrap this up. This has been the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I was joined today by by Andrea and uh, Mendez as my two co-hosts. 
and we discussed illegal immigration and the border wall. And not just illegal immigration in the border wall in the United States, but illegal immigration around the world and the different reasons why people come and the different reasons why we don't want them to come, not illegally anyway. And so, you know, we didn't even touch on terrorism. You know, you have an open border in Mexico. You, how hard is it for someone to sneak across the border uh, who's uh, safe from the Middle East? Um, when I went to Ohio State University, I was uh, good friends with uh, a guy from Jordan. And actually, he was from Jordan, but he lived in the UAE. And uh, I went to Ohio State with him. And he, uh, his big complaint was that everybody thought he was Mexican. So if you were a Middle Easterner and you wanted to sneak across the border, how difficult would it be just for you to keep your mouth shut and just sneak across the border with the Mexicans and just blend in? Wouldn't, wouldn't be that difficult. And we've caught people doing that. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, September 11 happened that way, you know. Yeah. Well, oh, no, 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 no. September 11th, they, they, they flew in. They didn't, they didn't sneak across the border. No, no, no. But uh, the guys were taking pilots in class. There were many uh, immigrants. There are many people who migrated to the United States before, right. months before. And they were like infiltrating and doing classes, I think piloting classes and a lot, a lot of things, you know. So there was a, a part of the whole job that was done inside the United States. Right. Exactly. People who, who migrated, yeah. So just bear that in mind, everybody. Open borders means open to everybody, not just uh, illegal immigrants, not just mig not just economic migrants, but it also means possible terrorists and, and other criminals. And so, uh, again, I was joined today by uh, Andrea and Mendez, and we discussed this. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. We drop a podcast Monday through Friday. That's Sunday night into Monday morning after 12.01 Eastern Standard Time. And the last one drops... Thursday night into Friday morning after 12.01 Eastern Standard Time. And they last anywhere from an hour to two hours to three hours or more, all depending on the, the topic we're discussing, depending on the co-hosts that are involved, depending on the person that we're interviewing. Uh, and we try to give perspectives from all around the world. And, uh, you know, some are, all con some are conservatives, some are liberals, some are libertarians, some are, uh, you know, from all different angles. Some are religious, some are atheists. We try to give you every every possible angle. So if you enjoyed this, please subscribe. Just go to any podcast platform. We're on over over 60 podcast platforms. Our main home is Spotify, but we're also on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Amazon. We're on Google. We're on iHeartRadio. We're, we're on over 60 podcast platforms. And so just go to your favorite podcast platform, type in conservative atheist, and look for my face and clown makeup with a American flag circled around it, and you've come to the right place. I've done a couple of hundred episodes, and so uh, look through and see what interviews or topics you like and give it a shot. Uh, if you like it, again, please subscribe. It's free to subscribe. And I want to thank everybody for uh, listening, and I hope everybody has a great day. Okay, thanks, guys, for, for, for participating with me, and uh, I will catch you guys next time. One last thing before I let you go. Tonight, when you're laying flat on your back in your bed, staring up at the ceiling in the dark, trying to drift off to sleep, I want you to repeat this mantra over and over and over and over again. Conservative atheist is always right. 
Conservative atheist is always right. Conservative atheist is always right. Conservative atheist is always right. Hey, conservative atheist, he's always right. And in the morning when you wake up, you're going to feel like a refreshed, renewed person. The air is going to, the, the sun is going to shine brighter. The air is going to feel crisper. The flowers are going to smell sweeter. And the birds are going to sing your name. And all will be right with the world. And if not, maybe you're some guy trying to sneak across the border with drugs or coming here for a job or just simply wanting to live in a better country, which is understandable. But you have to do it the right way. You have to do it the right way. And the only thing that asylum seekers are qualify you as an asylum seeker is if you're trying to escape death, oppression from your country's government. Not just simply because you want a better job. So do it the right way or don't do it at all. And we need Trump back. We need Trump back and we need mass deportations. And if you're an illegal immigrant, I'm talking about you. You have to go. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you knuckleheads next time.